Welcome to the Finer Things. I'm Lisa. This is Wes. Hey, everybody. And we are podcasting from the Members Only Lounge at the Cigar Lodge in Akron, Ohio. Beautiful Akron, Ohio. Beautiful. Alternatively beautiful. It's very rainy today, but I like it. Absolutely beautiful. Today's topic, we're going to talk about overcoming setbacks. Before we get uh, third knuckle deep into that, uh, what are you smoking over there? Uh, let's see. I've got a Hoyo de Monterey Excalibur. Ooh, those are good. That's okay. I, uh, those, uh, I've had those before. Those are, you can't go wrong with They're very. They should be, well, I don't know. You tell me what do they taste like. Well, she's going to take a little puff here and give me the... Honestly, old books. Old books. Not that I've smoked a lot of old books, but it's kind of got that sort of flavor to it. I've got a La Aroma de Cuba, mm. handmade and imported. It was a freebie uh, that's made by Ashton uh, that uh, the Lodge gives to its members. Another reason that you should be a member here nice. at the Lodge. So I am enjoying it. It's very medium. Uh, got a Nicaraguan wrapper. Mm. Very pungent. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a pungent smell, not a pungent taste. It is a pungent smell. As soon nice, as you lit it up, I commented on it. Got a nice little wrapper. And Lisa, fresh back from her overseas travel, has brought with us, how do you pronounce this? Kilhoman. It's spelled like you would think it's Kilcoman, but it's Kilhoman. And I'm trying not to take too much. That's my uh, goal here. Because so here, cheers. So absolutely. It is a nine-year-old single cask release. They only let this out. Uh, it's uh, yeah, they got a bottle number here. This is bottle number two sixty-two out of only six hundred and thirty-seven bottles. Well, and they only had two left by the time I got there, so now they only have one left, presumably. Could be sold. We'll assume so. Was in a sherry cask. And it's got a uh, distillation date of May 28th. And remember, this is overseas, so they put the days and the months differently. Yeah. So you're welcome, everybody. Which always throws me. <laughs> you're welcome, everybody. This was distilled on May 28th in the year of our Lord 2010 and bottled on May 28th, 2019. So nine years day to day at the distillery. So it's even got the uh, uh, cast. <clears throat> it's creation date. Yeah. And the sherry comes right out. The sherry comes right out to me. You know what? I will be honest. I had tried sherry casks before, a lot of them, but this trip I learned, no, that's actually like a real preference for me. I love sherry casks. I love peat. This is on Eileen, yeah. so, I mean, it's got a little bit of peat to it. It's not heavy. Just, just a dab. Just a dab of yeah, peat, but the sherry, the sherry the comes sherry right at you. Yeah. The sherry comes right at you, and there's a difference between sherry and cooking sherry, so let's be absolutely <laughs> clear. Well, one of the things that they told me is that they're actually throwing away sherry. They make it, and they throw it away because the casks are more valuable they than the sherry in it. The sh That's economics. You know what? When I know. That, when people, isn't that insane? Everybody that uh, uh, talks about economics, that is economics right there. They make it just so they could get the cask to throw it away. Now, overcoming obstacles here, one of the obstacles that we have on this program is that we have to overcome each and every time is we have to not enjoy the entire bottle. I mean, that's really... God, it's hard sometimes. <laughs> that's an obstacle um, that uh, you get to. So, it, obstacles, you're going to have them in life. They're always going to be there, and they're going to be personal. They're going to be professional. Yep. They're going to be 
you know, all these sorts of things. And, and it's difficult to overcome them because you, that's part of the American dream is you've got to overcome that obstacle and say, listen, I, I'm going to get through this. And when you get to a certain point, you can then anticipate those obstacles. And that way you're ready for them if they occur. Sure. So that's the other thing. Now, some of the obstacles, especially in a professional, you know, how do you get that promotion? How do you get that pay raise? That might be an obstacle. And obstacles go hand in hand with goals. We've talked a lot about goal setting and everything else like right. that. And those usually generate your obstacles. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're striving for something, if you're trying to tackle something, you are not going to have a perfect smooth sea every single time. You're going to run into stuff, you know? That's normal. Expect it. I wouldn't necessarily say welcome it, but just expect it. Expectations. And that's another thing. I mean, one of the obstacles that I have, at least in my profession, is that you've got to manage expectations. And that's an obstacle. And once you manage your expectations, especially of clients, then you're, you know, you're as good as gold. Because then you're, you manage those expectations and everybody knows, it, in essence, what to expect. Right. And that, just like Lisa was talking about there. I mean... There are personal obst- obstacles are, are huge. I mean, everybody has a personal event. I mean, there was a um, just to use a a recent example. There was a stalwart attorney in one of the courthouses that I practice very regularly in, mm-hmm. and he had his law license here in the state of Ohio for the last fifty five years. Wow! And he recently passed away from complications from Parkinson's disease. That is rough. And that's rough. I mean, he knew he knew everybody knew him. Everybody loved him, and he always he always had a lot of war stories. And and, and this is uh, the old codger because uh, every profession. <laughs> I love those guys. Right. Every every profession has the old codger, and they're they're crusty veterans. And the reason that they're crusty is because they're veterans. And that's why you use that terminology. I mean, the literal terminology is when you come back from war, you're chiseled and you're a veteran. So that's where, you know, obviously the term comes from. Uh, But, you know, he, my experience with him was on a limited basis, but he was, he always had a thought, always was quick to help. And it was those positive experiences, but he overcame a lot of obstacles later Mm -hmm. on. And you, at some days, you know, when you're just like, man, I don't want to get out of bed. And then yeah. I'm, I'm, I see this guy who's uh, at that age, right? Still doing it. I'm like, oh, he's doing it. I mean, what, well, what my, is my problem? My old boss, when I was a law clerk, is like that, and he's still practicing, and he's in his nineties. He's still as sharp as a tack. Loves what he's doing. Goes to work every day, and every day. I mean, just killing it. And I cannot fathom. I love what I'm doing, but I cannot fathom loving it enough to stick in it if I live to 98 years old, 99, yeah, however, you know, it's a tough call. To kick back. It's a tough call because everybody wants to retire. I mean, and this is, you know, the, the physical limitations are also one thing. I mean, there is a uh, football coach that if you have seen the ESPYs uh, recently that won the um, the ESP, won, won an ESPY award was there is a uh, football coach, I believe in Texas, okay. who has no arms and legs. Wow. And he obviously permanently disabled because he sure. has no arms and no legs. And you you listen to his story, and he he coaches high school football. Okay. In Texas, that's a big deal. Sure. First of all, because in Texas they take their football very oh they don't mess around very seriously, <laughs> and you you got to be good. Yeah. And so the kids because they they talk to the kids and everything else like that, and they. They draw inspiration from him because they they literally 
what is going on in their day. And think about it. In this day yeah. and age, high school, you're you're bombarded with all the physiology that's going on, the awkwardness. Sure. And then you've got sports on top of that. Yeah. And then, you know, everybody hates their parents. Then la, 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 right. la. And then you go to practice and your coach, who doesn't have any arms and legs, looks at you and says, I need a little more from you. Yeah. And you, I mean, <laughs> that's... You, How are you going to say no? You look, you, exactly. How do you look at that person and go, Coach, I, I don't know what to do here. Because... <laughs> You know his response. His response is, listen, I got out of bed. I'm here. I'm working. So what's your problem, kid? Yeah. And and that's, it's not abstract. Sure. Because people, um, in the think about it in the abstract, they put on their own mental barriers. Because some of the your own um, objections usually come from yourself. You're afraid. A lot of the time. You're usually afraid. I mean, fear is a huge factor. A lot of the time. Yeah. Fear of failure, especially. I mean, that's what keeps people um, <clears throat> in certain places and not traveling. Mm-hmm. They're just afraid to go, well, I don't know anybody there. Who cares? So what? Go. Yeah. I mean, recently, and I was going to save this for the end for our happy thought, but I'll throw it in now. Um, Chuck it in. Recently, like I said, I went to Scotland and met some people there. Standing, talking in a distillery, just being friendly. Hey guys from Manchester, welcome to the podcast. Good to meet you. But, you know, it's just get outside your comfort zone because the world is a really cool place. It's a beautiful world out there. And, you know, you don't necessarily have to travel. If all you do is make it to the grocery store, but that's a big deal for you. Okay, you did it. Congrats. Well, and obstacles, like I said, I mean, first you got to identify the obstacle. And, yeah. and the hardest part that we've talked about numerous times is that you, you, you've got to identify your self-interests and your be self-critiquing here. I mean, the hardest part of the, any task is to look in the mirror and be like, oh, you big dummy. The man in the mirror is the one keeping me back. And then you're like, son of a... And you're like, oh, that's me. Yeah. Um, and then it, it's an obstacle. I mean, and, and but that being said... Once you overcome the obstacle, you look behind yourself, you're like, ah, wasn't that bad? Well, and see, I'll slightly disagree with you. I think it's very easy to look in the mirror and say, wow, you're an idiot. What is wrong with you? But the overcoming obstacles is the next step that a lot of people don't take, and it's the one that needs to happen. Move beyond that. You don't know what you're talking about. Everybody else thinks you're great. Or everybody else is so obsessed with themselves and what they're doing wrong that they're not paying attention to what you're doing wrong. So, you know, move past that. Overcome that obstacle and go for it. Well, you definitely got to go for it. And as far as, you, first you identify the obstacle. I mean, my, I can at least tell you that I have, one of the obstacles that I overcame pretty early in life was the lack of care of what other people think. <laughs> I truly do not care. He does not <laughs> suffer from that. He does at not. All. I know him well enough. That is not an issue Wes has. <laughs> at all. At all. But other people do. Other people they are do. concerned and they're like, well, I, I want to pr- produce an image. Sure. And and especially it depends on your career and depends on your personality. And, yeah. you know, it. those are all factors and you want to produce an image. I, I know who I am. 
Sure. And what, you know, the obstacle then is once you overcome your knowing yourself, then you're once you become that, and we've talked about this before too, you you become comfortable with mm-hmm. yourself. And once you become comfortable in yourself, you're just like, yeah, I got this. Sure. And that breeds confidence. Absolutely breeds confidence. Right. So what is probably the worst obstacle you've overcome, if you feel like sharing? That can be a really personal question. Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's always personal. Well, I mean, a lot of personal obstacles. I mean, I had some difficulty in law school. I mean, that was an obstacle. Sure. Um, there was a, uh, a, you know, there was a difficulty in law school. Let's just leave it at that. And uh, I had to overcome it. I, there was, I mean, I had to overcome it. And it, I had to overcome it to the point where, you know, I had to get dispensations. And I had, and the other thing is, in the state of Ohio, when you become a lawyer, prior to sitting for the bar exam, the way the process works is you have to sit for what's called a character and fitness to take the bar. Right. And what that is, is that you get references from your previous employers and you submit your criminal history, if any. Right. Now, I'm not going to lie. I do have a criminal history. I do uh, And so, and then you're interviewed by people, other attorneys, and sure. they, they say, okay, you know, and they, and they, and they grill you. Oh, and they, yeah, they, they do. They really grill you and they say, okay. And, and I sit on the admissions committee and, and that's what it's called for a local bar association because, you know, that's how we give back. It's not a paid job. Right. And the key is you got to be open and honest. Yeah. That, that's the big deal. It is. And that's. And I was, and one of the, I had to be, be, I did not like being open and honest (laughs) because the other thing is that I went to law school as a non-traditional student, meaning I didn't go straight through. Yeah. Traditionally, if you go straight through, you're 23, 24 when you enter law school Mm -hmm. and you're 27, 28 when you graduate. So really what has happened in the last 10 years of your life, because you have to account for everything that's happened to you since the age of 18. Right. And if you've been in the state of Ohio, correct. And and I, you know, I'm licensed in California and they do ask for since the age of 18. And so if you have only been in school and lived with your parents, it's very easy to justify where you've been. Yeah. You don't have much. Right. When you're a little (laughs) older, like Wes and I were when we started, you, um, God, where did I live for that one month in two? Thousand. Yeah, you're. Yeah, you're. You're thinking about you know because you're justified because I had to justify, you know, before I entered law school, I had to justify 15 years of where I you know was like, uh, and right. just like Lisa said, you know, you've got to. So it was an overcoming obstacle, and then you have to identify every every transgression you've ever committed. Yes. And it's a it's one thing to commit the mistake; it's another thing to move on from that mistake. The next largest factor is now you have to acknowledge to others that mistake. Yes. And you do. Because if you fail to do so and they ever find out, you got issues. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Yeah. Okay? It's, as the Monopoly statement usually says. So one of the obstacles, like I said, the obstacle the, thus far in life, the greatest obstacle I've had to overcome was to be open and honest with uh, my shortcomings and my sure. transgressions, my trespasses, as <laughs> some people use in the Lord's Prayer. Um, and, and that's a big deal. And it was not easy. And I mean, it's worse than going to confession because confession, all right, you're going to get some sort of Hail Mary or something at the end. You get absolution that's from it. the confessional. I'm not Catholic. So I well, was I mean, raised Southern Baptist, so we don't do any of that nonsense. But... 
you know, it's not like confession. Instead, you're going in there and these people can end your career before you even start. Correct. But after you've spent probably a hundred thousand or more on law school. Right. And this is prior so to So it's you, painful. And this is prior to you sitting for the bar. Oh yeah. So, you're not gonna become a lawyer if you lie to them, if you hide things, if you conceal it. You better confess everything, and if you do, it could end you. Hugely. And and I read, I'm pretty good. One of the things that shocked my law school classmates was that I got a very high grade in ethics. (laughs) (laughs) And we have to take a standardized ethics test, and I crushed that test. In fact, I got one of the highest uh, test scores compared to my class. Sure. And my GPA did not reflect that standing. I always tease Wes that he knows exactly where the line is and just how close to it his toe can get. Which is very important. Very, it very is important. important. And so, you know, again, that was the obstacle was for me, you had to acknowledge it. And then, and this thing at least goes to the Supreme Court here in the state of Ohio and they can review it. Yeah. And then, they say, yes, you can sit for the bar. No, you can't sit for the bar. Or, yes, you can sit for the bar, but you have to wait until right. this time in this date. I mean, they can give you a cooling off period. Right. So there's a lot of things they can do. And, uh, you know, I, I sought advice from other people. And the, the biggest thing that I can only pass on was you are open and honest. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter what the, tran- the transgression was as long as you were open and honest. And you learned from it, and then it then it was a lot better than hiding the fact. Truthfully, yes. And and as it is in any profession, if you are, and, and and that's very very important because in any, especially in the sales world, because in essence that's what lawyers are. We're all salesmen. We're commission only sales, and that's the only profession that I've ever known is commission only sales. Your product is not perfect. Sure. And that's no exception with the law. There's some good, there's some plus, and there's some minus. Yep. And so you've got to know what is what, and you've got to be able to address those issues. Otherwise, if you're just shining people on, people figure that out very, oh, yeah. very quickly. Um, so at least for me, and I'm giving, I've gotten, given Lisa a lot of time to think about her answer. She appreciates <laughs> that. Um, for me, it was overcoming the obstacle in law school and, and making that acknowledgement of, of me of who I was. And that has crafted me to learn from it and go from there. Now, I've also suffered some personal setbacks. I wouldn't call them obstacles, but they were setbacks. And, uh, yeah, and if we want to talk about setbacks, I I have suffered some personal setbacks. Setbacks are first cousins of obstacles. Right, and and the setbacks. We'll include. And every one of my setbacks have, and this is the true statement, have all been self-inflicted every single one of them okay. I, I can identify where i did it how i did it and <laughs> I, because it's i i know exactly what i did wrong how i did it wrong sure would i change that decision maybe maybe not i don't have any regrets about okay. my, so that's that's the other issue but uh, and and regretting also goes into the setbacks too because could you could you look back and say, yeah, I could have changed this and this? Sure. Everybody can. But that's not regret, exactly. Well, it, it leads to it. Very, it does very quickly. lead to it. Very that's quickly. why I said exactly. Yeah, yeah very quickly. So I, I would say that was my largest setback slash obstacle that I'm going to share with okay. the, with you folks. That's fair. Um, and, and again, everybody that knows me knows that I'm very open and honest about it. Um, it and it was, And again... 
after you get that absolution, then you move on and you go from it. And then other people who don't know you as well, because I've, I've been challenged by other attorneys who will like do their, uh, because I, I do try a lot of cases. I'm in the courtroom mm-hmm. a lot. And I do have a certain reputation, if one might sure. be so bold. Yeah. Many are that bold. <laughs> and, and so they will, and they'll try to do what's called opposition research, like you will do for product research if you're looking for your competitors. And or if you're on a sports team, you're, you're checking out the other team's watching record. Tape. You're watching tape. You know, you're seeing when they yep. say blue 42, what does that mean? Right. Um, you're doing the, you're doing the work. You're putting the reps in. Sure. And, and I've had a couple uh, opposing counsel try to use my past. Right. As leverage, which I laugh at. Like I literally, I oh, laugh I bet at you do. I laugh at. And, and the laugh is usually like, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. And uh, you, you, and because I practice, because of where I practice and who I practice with, most of the, everybody that I do practice with, they all know anyway. Sure. So the people that are in the room know why I'm laughing. Right. And it's it's a failed attempt. Because it's not a trigger point for you. It, it there's no pressure point there. There's no leverage to gain Correct. over you because you don't give a rip what they think. All right. Um, so I'll do mine. Mine right. is my turn to have a. I'm a I have a short cigar. So yeah, mine's fairly short too. And I'm halfway. You know, through. let's chat about these for a second. My cigar was an obstacle to start with. I could not keep this sucker lit. The flavor has definitely changed from old books to like black pepper. I, it's got kind of a bite that I don't necessarily love, but I'm gonna smoke it anyway because that's who I am. <laughs> just grunt through it. I, and I would agree. Mine is has a little bit of a, um, a harshness to it um, as far as the, the, the heat consistency is concerned. The sherry, still good, still overpowering. And th- this has... Okay, a, is it overpowering or... In combi- is that the right word? Strong. I'm going to say strong. I'm not, I will go with strong. I won't say overpowering. I, mean, I love it. I don't... I don't... You don't dislike it. I don't it. dislike it. It's I, I would say this is um, in the middle of the road for me. What gets the what combination here for me is the high alcohol content and the sherry because I think this is a little higher alcohol content. Fifty seven point eight percent. So that is a hundred and sixteen proof. That's a little strong. It's a little strong cask strength. So I mean that's certainly understandable. So I think the combination of the alcohol mm-hmm. and the sherry does. That those are the prevalent notes that I get. All right. Okay, so my greatest obstacle, I'm going to say more or less exactly the same thing as Wes, except mine are reversed. My personal obstacles have been probably greater than my law school obstacles, but both were definitely obstacles. Personal life, um, man, when I got... Divorced the first time, everything went to hell. I in the handbasket. Everything in my life, all at the same time, went to hell. I had not finished college, so I was a stay-at-home mom, had not any real work history, and suddenly I got two kids, and I'm a single mom, and I got to support them somehow. Hustling. So I got to go get a full-time job. And with no degree, there aren't many that are going to pay very well. 
And in addition, I knew I wanted to be a lawyer mm. way, like from childhood. So somehow I got to make that happen. Well, I got to go get my bachelor's degree, finish that college degree so I can get to law school. So I've got to do full-time work, full-time mom, full-time classes. I finished about 60 credits in a year, year and a half. Hustle. That's a hustle. That's a lot. It's theoretically not possible. I did it through a lot of, they're called club tests, and you essentially test out of the course. If you make a certain score, it's cheap. If you're headed to college and you're just now starting, club tests, baby. I mean, take everyone you can. You can knock about two years off of your degree. Huge. And it's really cheap, like 100 bucks instead of what, like 3000 for a course? Well, more importantly, the course is, a semester course lasts 15 weeks. And this test lasts about an hour if you get a 50% on it. That's a failing grade in a class. If you get a 50%, that's probably a pass. So why would you not do this? Right, $100 and a couple of weeks of your time versus 15 weeks of your time. But like I said, I did about 60 credit hours in year, year and a half, and started looking, actually joined a master's program while I was waiting for law school. Um, taking the LSAT, the entrance exam for law school. During all of this time, my mom got diagnosed with leukemia. Ooh. So that's going on. I mean, literally everything in my life was completely falling apart. I lost over a hundred pounds just from the sheer stress. You know, it, everything Hard was work. hitting all at once. I still look back and I was such a different person before that, that sometimes I don't even recognize who I used to be. And that's a weird feeling looking at your own history and you're like, this is familiar to who me. Who was that? Yeah. Well, it's not even who was that. It's, this is not familiar. I don't recognize this. I don't know who this person is. And it's you. That's bizarre. It's hard to explain, but it's very bizarre. So that was probably the hardest obstacle I overcame. There were times when I did not know how I was going to make it the next hour. So I thought, okay, I all I got to do is make it the next five minutes. That five minutes passed, okay, let's go five more. And somehow I continued to make it. And, you know, I had the thought this morning, this is a perfect moment. Like, not because things are so super exhilarating, but just because they're so perfectly normal. And it's calm, and I love it. I'm a happy, good place. Don't like your normal? Change your normal. That's a great statement. Don't like your normal, change your normal. And the the wheel of life turns. It may turn slowly. but it Oh, does. it turned slowly. <laughs> but it did turn. It turned. But it did turn. So, <clears throat> And then law school was rough. I went from being straight A's. <laughs> to less than. <laughs> <laughs> I mean like straight A's all through elementary uh, school, all but... through middle school, all through high school, all through college. Nail on that dean's list every time. I'd like to buy a vowel? What vowel would you like to buy? I'd like to buy the A. Thank I'm going to take that A. <laughs> to, oh, wait, what's that letter? It's in the word dog. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh my God. What is going on here? I don't know how that happened. Are you sure you got the right test? Because I've never made a D before. So, yeah, it's rough. And you overcame. I overcame. And that's the idea. Kilcoman. Kill Homan. Kill Kill Coman. Kill Homan. Kill Homan. See? I uh it's K I L C H O M A N. It yeah, the Kilhoman distillery sits nestled amongst the traditional farm buildings of Rockside Farm on the north west coast of Islay, sheltered beneath the Craig Moore headland. You're well I'm reading this from the back of the box. Yes. Because it's important information. Famous as Islay's Farms Distillery, the distillery is uh, I like. See, there you go. I took German as my foreign language, and <laughs> I we need to do a whole corrections corner yeah. because I apologize yeah, I to did. the Gaelic language. Yeah, the Ga- I yeah. screwed it up. Ga- I I'm so sorry. My Gaelic is bad uh, because <laughs> it's I, hard. I see a letter and I pronounce it. That's that's right? what I do. Famous as Eilie's Farm Distillery, the distillery's barley fields stretch west to the shores of Masher Bay and the Atlantic Ocean. Kilhoman is unique in many ways, most notably for their 100% Islay range, Scotland's only single malt produced from barley, both grown and malted, on an Islay. Islay. See? You know what? I'm gonna, now that I'm thinking about it, see? Lisa, Isla. Uh, yeah, see? She's got me thinking about it. And when you think about it, you're like, ah, uh, it's like, you're, don't fumble the ball. Don't fumble the ball. And then you just, you cough it up like, uh, like you next do. Now, the uh, distiller was founded in 2005. Kilhoman is true to the uh, Islay's rich farm distilling heritage using a local peat, which Lisa does like, cut in the traditional way, slowly distilled by hand, maturing in traditional dunnage warehouses, and bottling on site without coloring uh, or chill filtration. And I always, when they put the U in the word color or favorite, mm-hmm. I am like, color. That's, I, I, it's... <laughs> It's not color, it's color. And they're like, what you, that's a foreign word. I go, well, for us it's a foreign sort word. Sort of. We drop the U, go America. Thank you very much. This single cask has been produced from barley, grown, malted, distilled, and matured at the distillery. 100% from barley to bottle. So, yeah, it's, I, I agree. It's I got a red box. It's got a map of Scotland <coughs> on the front with the uh, dark portions uh, where the distillery is located. It's, I... I would recommend it. I uh, had the pleasure of visiting it. I went to... We've got another... Okay, theoretically, I went to another, all nine yeah. of the... Theoretically. Island. One of them is closed. Okay. It's so, currently closed. It's being renovated. So I did go there. I took pictures, but you can't go in. There's no visitor center open, but they are associated with Lagavulin. It's... We like Lagavulin. It's Kuila. We pronounce it... Kauila. Kauila. I would pronounce it something cool, different. Cool, cool Isla. Is it That's cool, it. Cool Isla. Cool Isla. Or is it is it Cool Whip or Cool Quip? <laughs> sure. That's you know it's like washer or washer. <laughs> well, I grew up in Oklahoma. It's washer. It's a washer. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, it's just the, it's the it's the unique dialect of each language. That's but so funny. I did go to their distillery. I did not do a tour of it, and it's a lovely place. 
yeah, we're gonna have another uh, two-parter uh, because, like I said, like Lisa had indicated, she did come back from Scotland. I truly did learn even more this time. I didn't know that was possible, and boy, I got stories that Wes is just gonna eat up. I'm looking forward to it. I don't, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I look forward to the hearing the stories because not only does she have the time, I got to, the products and I bring them home. She can go to Scotland for ten days. That's really, really my my interest is born out of jealousy. It's pure and simple. I want to go and I want to drink all the scotch. All the, do I want... <laughs> and that's, that's kind of what I did. <laughs> <laughs> do, uh, can I do that? No, absolutely not. But do I want to? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. it's good. And, again, obstacles are... And that's where you're going to build your support group. You're going to build your support group and you're going to go through those obstacles with your positive influences in life mm-hmm. and ignore the detractors. I mean, you you just got to ignore them. I mean, you really do. Sure. I had I had a uh, I had a very pleasant conversation with one of my law school uh, classmates. Uh, I won't indicate any names, but this person okay. and I do have regular contacts, and this person paid me a very compl- very nice compliment uh, within the last month. I want to say, and this person was like, you know, of all the people that I would have <laughs> to deal with in, in law school, and and you would have said I would have had to deal with you, Wes, I would have been mad. I would have been wow. angry. I would prior, you know, because of my law school reputation. And now this person's like, you know, this is great. I mean, you're you're very reasonable. You know what you're doing, and you, you do the work. That's the key. You do the work, and and in any job, you as long as you do the work. I mean, again, the being a lawyer is just like being any trade. You, you know, you're in the trades. As long as you do the work, you don't cheat, lie, or steal. You'll work forever. For mm-hmm. that's a career. That is an absolute career. Sure. You deal with everybody fairly, and you don't cheat, liar, steal. I mean, everybody has a guy, especially when it comes to renovating. I know that Lisa I has, got a guy. has renovated her house and is in the process of renovating different rooms. And if she had a contractor that stank. I get rid of them. In fact, here's the level to which I like my guy. While I was in Scotland, he's got the code to my house. He's renovating while I'm gone. I'm just like, yep, come into my house. He could have done God knows what to whatever. Big trust right there. And I trust him to do what he says he's going to do. And I get back and it looks great. And he did. We're not done yet, but yeah. And he's going to do it again while I'm in Japan later. Another great story. Yet to uh, come. Yet to come. Although the Japan one, we'll find out. Oh, right? they make scotch in Japan. They do. This We're is a whole order. new yeah. experience that's going to happen. Huge for us. So, again, uh, the Kill Homan is tasty. I'm not turning it away as I just uh, took Pour another. a little bit. Just put a little bit more in the glass. That's okay. I did too. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. It is tasty. It, it grows on you. It does. The sherry is strong you can taste the oak you can definitely taste the oak uh, that's for sure and you know in obstacles as far as your personal life is concerned again you come up with your support group and and this is not like a i mean people can post on their social media um everybody knows a debbie downer i mean everybody knows a debbie downer and you just gotta you want to stay away from that kind of stuff but you want to build your support group and let it and communicate and be like listen these are my obstacles. This is right. what I'm going for. Because the other thing is, you're not the only person that has ever faced this. No. Ever. You're not alone. No. Not alone at all. 
you know, one of my friends posted um, today something, and I'm going to paraphrase because I just can't remember it off the top of my head, but it was essentially there are a lot of people out there that they have become so good at doing for themselves because that's all they've ever had. And so they don't ask for help. They've been the helpers their whole life. And I commented on it and I said, you know, that's true, but there's a lot of power in being vulnerable and asking for help. To stand out there naked in a sense and without any armor and say, I need help. It's more woke. It, forget woke. It's, there's power there. There's strong power in letting someone else help you, especially when you've never had help before. When I was going through that rough patch, I had some people that helped me, and it's, you know, even looking back, it's really hard to say whether I had people that truly helped me or whether I just felt like they couldn't, and so I never asked. I, it's hard to explain, but I kind of shut myself off because it was like I'm going through a lot of stuff, and this is really hard, and when I ask for help on the little things, I'm not getting help. So why would I ask for help on the big things? Well, people might have been able to help me with the big things. Right. That's a big deal. But I never asked, so I don't know. And, that, and that's the... And, you know, I can think of a few examples that there are people that did help me. And sometimes not in the most expected ways. Like I had a friend who she knew what I was going through. And we went out one day. We were shopping. This is a period in my life when I had like 25 bucks after all the bills. It, close. That's for the close. month, $25. And so if the kids wear through their jeans too quickly, I don't have money for new jeans. I can't do this. I can't buy you anything. Economic pressure. There's not money there. You want to go out and eat? You deserve to celebrate at your birthday? I got to save for like four months to pay for something. So it was really hard. We went out shopping, me and my friend, and I saw a pair of shoes that I thought they were so cute. And I said, yeah, I can't afford them. And she said, that's okay, I can. No big and deal. she bought me those shoes, and I still have them. I still love them. They're one of my favorite pairs, even though I rarely wear them, just because the love behind that. And it's... It's weird to say she loves me because she bought me shoes, but that's not what was going on. That's not the point. Yeah. It's the gesture. It, it was love, and I can do this thing for her that makes her happy, and it's completely meaningless, and she cannot do this for herself. Let me get this. Second uh, hardest thing you'll ever have to say as a human being, especially in this day and age, first, obviously, is I was wrong. That's it's the hardest, hardest thing you'll ever see. Have. That's one of my superpowers. I, I, it is now. I am okay with saying I was wrong. Not everybody is. And no, they aren't. First, hardest thing you'll, uh, you'll ever have to do is say I was wrong. The second hardest thing is I need help. It's rough. It's that's a tricky hard. one. For it's me. just it's the hard thing to do because you like I can do this. I mean, in America, you know, we live in a culture that we are 
by design. It's encoded, I want to say, in our DNA, especially being Americans. God dang, pull yourself up by them bootstraps, boy. You can do it. I mean, we are, we pride ourselves in our self-sufficiency because we've conquered the West. And, I mean, we do have our own continent. Um, sure, with respect to Canada and Mexico, but... <laughs> Uh, yes, guys, they are America too. In yeah, fact, we, South America yeah. still America. Yeah, it's uh, we we did conquer uh, the continent. Uh, Mexico may have had it longer. We have industrialized it pretty well. Uh, and and one of those things, and we see a lot of social media. One of the things that uh, it, the best example that I can think of as far as overcoming obstacles uh, that at least I've been seeing a bunch is I've seen a lot of people posting their AA chips. And AA is Alcoholics Anonymous. Sure. And if you don't know, it was founded in Akron, Ohio. It was. And then we have what's called Founders Day in Akron, Ohio, which is an unofficial holiday in the city of Akron. And we there's an influx of, it's the only festival <laughs> where nobody serves any liquor. There and, is no beer garden at the AA festival. Right. And in all the bars, I mean, the bars know. And, sure. and they're very they're cognizant. They're very cognizant because they they collude, and that's I mean in a sense they do collude because they don't really advertise because it's right. more of the the gentleman's agreement uh, right. that you don't advertise. But you've got I know a lot of people. I mean, there's a judge who was recently elected to the bench that we uh, that I practice in front of that's been very open about her alcoholism, and you know has shared her I think her 20 or 21 year. Chip. Nice. And now to go 21 years of sobriety, that's the only, that's the only, I can honestly say that there was only one period in my life, and this is a joke from uh, Ricky Gervais that I'm going to borrow, it is the only period in my life that I was sober was the first 21 years. <laughs> I made it 21 years sober. It was the first 21. 21 was. <laughs> was did the, you make it 21? It was the first 21. That's the story that I'm sticking okay. to. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll let so, you have it. To borrow, to borrow uh, Ricky's joke there, but that is that is the joke. Is the uh, Yeah, I, I've been sober for 21 years. It was the first 21. <laughs> I was two years old. Right, you know? Um, so, it, but that's well, that's an obstacle. I mean, that's because it is an addiction. I mean, and, and oh, an addiction for sure is a... Very clear obstacle. Oh, it's tricky because a true addiction, you're fighting and, it every day. And we're even here, 21 years later. And we're sitting here, here talking about scotch. Yeah. And, you know, they have to fight that battle every single day. They have to bring it. There's no slip-ups because they know if they do, it's not just, oh, I'm going to have one drink with friends. It's a special occasion. It's somebody's wedding. They're having champagne. No. Yeah, I and, I have to say no because it's not one drink for me. Correct. You, it, it's going to be the rest of my life. It's the it's the I, I can have one drink, but then I'm going to have eight more. Yeah. And that's and, and that's because that's because of the addiction. That day. That and right. I'm going to follow it up with eight more the eight, next day. Eight more than yeah. So that's a that's a real life. I mean, that's a real physical. I mean, in addition to the no arms and no legs. I mean, that's a that's a physical. Um, you know, addiction is uh, more of a, I think it, I want to call that, I, I will, I will classify that as an emotional, um, because it's not really a physical. It's limit. a mental. Uh, yeah. I, I would go with the, the, the emotional, uh, limitation there, uh, or yeah, as far as addiction is concerned, yeah. because especially in where we are, 
and with the opioid crisis that has struck uh, America. Sure. I mean, that's oh, not, Ohio especially. Correct. And we, we have the real-life examples of this. And so as far as the overcoming the obstacle, that's an obstacle that is overcome every single day. Yeah. And I think Elton John um, published, I think on Twitter and Instagram, he published his 35-year chip. Wow. And you and I think of Elton John, I'm like, that guy's got it going on, first of I, all. <laughs> he, and he has everything. He can sing, he can dance, and he has enough money. Where uh, he doesn't fly commercial. Let's just yeah. be let's just be honest here. No, no, no. Uh, that if he wants to get drunk, he just has to snap his fingers. Right. <laughs> There's no, you know, that kind of thing. And the other thing, you know, the other thing is that you're you come these you overcome these obstacles. A- another example that I, I'm fond of using is the um, uh, Steven Tyler or anybody from Aerosmith. I mean, these guys are living on borrowed time because if you would have asked them in the '60s. Right. Or early 70s and said, will you be alive when it's 2019? Right. No. No would have ex- would have come out of their mouth, I think universally. Okay, I got to throw it out there. <laughs> universally. Saw a meme. It had God in the garden with Adam and Eve. And they're like pointing over, who's that guy? Oh, he was here when I got here. It's Keith Richards. <laughs> borrowed time. Dude, he's going to live forever. I don't know if it's borrowed time. Bar- well, no, it's borrowed time. It's borrowed time. Because if you would have looked at him and said, listen, will you be alive? Oh. And when the calendar says 2019. It's Keith Richards. I don't uh, think it's borrowed. It might be stolen. Well, exactly. Exactly. And, and, those, and these are all obstacles. I mean, you know, again, starting a weight loss program, starting a workout regimen. I mean, sure. these are all obstacles. Trying to better yourself, all of these are obstacles and setbacks, and you're not going to do them overnight, and it's just one day at a time. Well, and I'd say the obstacle is when you're on that diet, you're on that weight loss program, and you're getting on the scale, and you've been working hard at it, and you're not seeing the results, and you're like, God, what am I putting all this effort into it for? What is this all for? Why can't I just enjoy the things that I want to enjoy? And if you keep at it, it's going to show the results. If you give up and you give in, it's going to slide back and it's going to slide back hard and fast. It's like farming. You plant the crops and you don't know if it'll be, you don't know if it'll turn out for months. Right. I mean, it's that analogy. And I will say that I'm at the end of my cigar here. Yep. And the... And the end of my scotch. Kilhoman is... Has muted. The high alcohol and sherry has muted the harshness of my La Aroma de Cuba. Um, I would recommend the La Aroma de Cuba. Okay. Um, I, you know, it's got a... It, I think it's got a little harsher taste uh, than I would like. But if you do enjoy that, it's it's pungent. And sure. It's very smooth. I, I can't take that away from it. Um, but I, I would definitely indicate that if you've got a strong drink with it, i.e. martini, yeah, uh, a, a single malt like a Kilhoman uh, that's a strong scotch, I think that'll enhance sure. your enjoyment. And my Hoya de Monterey, oh, yeah. it's, it's a nice oily wrapper. It's a decent cigar. I won't 
go so far as recommending it. I don't love, love it, but... Oh, rare not recommended for Lisa. I don't hate it. I would not kick it to the curb. I would smoke it again. Will I go out of my way to choose it? Probably not. Probably not. So there you go. All right, Lisa, give me one good thing. I, oh, wait, we already used the... Uh... I used mine, the new friends that I met. Hi, Manchester. Right. I... I love these guys. I gave them crap over driving on the wrong side of the road, and they gave it right back. And I'm like, that. instantly, that's so American we too. are friends. That's so, that's so American, too. We, we, <laughs> it we, is. <laughs> that is so American. You're telling somebody from Britain who we fought a war against <laughs> that you, sir, okay. drive on the wrong side of the to road. To be fair, the only people that drive on that side of the road are Britain and its former colonies. So well, as the rest for, of the world has colonies, got it together right, and drive on the proper side of the road and the proper side of the car. And America. Dang. Roundabouts. <laughs> I mean, roundabouts. Uh, why? Yeah, why, God, why? We're, we're, fighting, we're fighting that every day. <laughs> uh, one good thing for me is that recently... Um, and I'll use this, is uh, recently, uh, I, I, if you don't know, I do have identical twin daughters. And we ha celebrate, twi twins are a unique subset of our population, mm -hmm. only because it's a naturally occurring thing. Now, now it can be induced through um, various methods. Well, like, it's not induced, it's just more likely. It's more a, common, right? The, well, with like IVF and right. everything else like that, right. you can you you can induce a, a multiple birth. But uh, <clears throat> the Westman created them all natural. <laughs> anyway, there's a festival in our local area. It's uh, Twinsburg, Ohio, and mm -hmm. I give a free plug. Every year they have Twins Days, and it is a celebration of twins. Nice. And it is one of the, at least for me, because my daughters are young enough that they they have no idea, but they are girls, and it's. Girls are just hard. From the male perspective, as a father, they're just they're just hard. And and having a safe place where they can grow up and at least be with their own kind. I mean, to use that terminology, we um, you get to see all these various different mm -hmm. twins, and they all get to dress up. And there's always a theme. And what was a, the theme? The theme this year was you get to pick your own holiday. And so we had um, a couple. There were a couple of girls who were dressed who were from the UK. Who dressed like boxers for Boxing Day? No, oh, and literally, that's so cute. I, I laughed, and you know, my uh, my parents were driving a truck while I was in the back with my girls in the parade, and I laughed, and I got the joke. I studied in Oxford. Nice. I got the joke, and I was like, yes. But they, they had a bunch of twins that were dressed in uh, just everywhere you can think of. There's another one was there was a couple of guys who were dressed. Uh, like uh, cousin Eddie from uh, uh, National Lampoon's Christian, okay. and they had the they had the they had the hat on, <laughs> they had the robe, the white robe, and they had the cigar in their mouth, and they had a uh, pipe, a PVC or a, um, oh a flexible PVC pipe that they each had in their pocket. It was, and wow. I, just, I literally I laughed so hard because I, I enjoyed that movie, but it was a great it was a great experience. Um, and it was a great celebration of just the sheer subset of the population that it, what twins and multiples were. One of the things that scared me was that there was a set of like I've always seen this set of four ladies there uh, their late fifties, early sixties, mm -hmm. and there was a set of identical quadruple girls and <laughs> wow quads. 
So to give you an example, that identical quads identical, are extremely rare, super rare. And these, I mean, and think about it conceptually that they were born 60 years ago. Let's just call them 60. Okay, so 60 years ago, mom and dad go to the hospital, and mom and dad come back with four kids. It's like a clown car, right? In there. <laughs> right. I mean, medicine has advanced an awful lot oh in 60 God. years. Okay, especially when it comes to childbirth. And when you think about conceptually, and that's why it's a one, it's a big good thing, is that you go there and the doctor's like, okay, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. But wait, there's more. There's, and then all of a sudden you have these four, and they survive. And in which six, is also really rare, especially from that long ago. Right. And again, and so at the festival, I saw I, there was another set of identical quad girls who were thirteen, fourteen, mm-hmm. and they were talking. To each other, and I'm conceptually as a parent, I'm looking at them, and the I, it amazement. It you know you look at it as because I'm not a twin, I'm not a multiple, and if if I if I am, my mother would have drowned all of us. I, I promise you that. Uh, I, I promise you that. Uh, I promise. Just just let's leave it at that. But it, I look at the uh, the more recent quads and you just look with uh, wonderment and amazement not that they're freaks or that it's like a carnival sure but it's that sheer sense of wonderment because they knew because in the year 2000 mm-hmm. or 2005 you know given that that bracket they knew they were having quads right. and and they knew with the technology that we had and and you go to the hospital when the mom is pregnant and you go to that ultrasound and they're like Oh, they start counting heads. Right, there's four heartbeats, uh, and you're like, no, 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 no. this is a joke, That's right? That's a funny joke. Right. Stop. Right. Now. Stop right. now. Because conceptually, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh, the bomb does go off. I can I can assure everyone that the bomb does go off. Uh, but it, that's my one good thing is that we got to celebrate the, the Twins Festival. Nice. And it's always enjoyable. We do that every year. Uh, and, and as the girls get older, it's always enjoyable because they'll have their own little unique thing because mm-hmm. uh, the ice is broken. And sure. I, I always get to watch because I, I do a lot of great deal of people watching and you get to see them. You Everybody there has something in common. Yeah. Immediately. And they all have the same problems and they all have the same joys and they have this little segment that everybody's proud of. You know what I mean? So it, that's that's my one good thing. And I'm going to use that for... Cool. So thanks again for listening. Uh, you can find Lisa at... Intricate Girl on Instagram. Find me at Jet Set Lawyer on Instagram. Thanks again for donating to our Patreon account. Our Patreon account is patreon.com slash the finer things podcast. We appreciate those donations. Keep them coming. Buy us some scotch and keep Lisa going to Scotland. Yes. I mean, that's really what we're here for, right? And again, we are podcasting live from the members only lounge here at the beautiful Cigar Lodge in Akron, Ohio. Bye, guys. Take care.